Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. This is our attempt to speak the gospel out of every corner of Scripture. We believe every part of the Bible, Old Testament and New, is about Jesus. And this podcast is our experiment to publicly test that belief. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Indeed, we are coming. Welcome. We're coming Spoken. live to you from live a hotel from room. Oklahoma City. It's <laughs> Spoken Gospel. We are in. Uh, we are in a hotel room right now. Our church, uh, Bridgeway, is putting on Convergence Conference here in downtown yeah. Oklahoma City. Seth drove uh, down from Kansas City to uh, just to hang just out to hang you. out. Really, yeah, yeah which is just... awesome. And so um, we are. We got to have lunch together, and now we're getting to hang out in the hotel room because together. And behind the scenes, we are actually best friends. That's true. You guys, you, know you all wanted it to be true in your heart of hearts. <laughs> it's actually, but true. it's actually true. We're best <laughs> friends, and so all your dreams are coming true, and all your dreams are really coming true because we're starting Deuteronomy. Such a great segue. S- such a good segue. Such a good segue. Okay, so as I started studying the Torah. Um, the deepest I've ever the had Torah. in my life. The Torah. The Torah. <laughs> That's not even close. Um, All I know is Hebrew has a lot of... <laughs> uh, a lot of the phlegms. Yeah. Um, as I started studying the Torah, I, and I got to Deuteronomy, I mean, I was really expecting it to kind of be this low point off-ramp. Well, the name itself is like... Yeah. It mean, like I, second law. Second law. Like, oh, gosh. Again? I already oh, got, God, please I feel no. like I got through the first time and was edified. <laughs> Now I got to do it again. Like <laughs> it was a lot of hard work. Yeah, man. seriously. What's funny is that name is based on a mistranslation. Yes. It's so like in Deuteronomy, uh, it talks about how the kings of Israel are supposed to make a copy of the law for themselves, and so that was translated into Latin. They mistranslated it to be a second, second law. law, and then that became the title of the book, <laughs> which is just strange. Which pretty <laughs> almost, I think every single. Uh, title that we have in English for the the books of the uh, the five books of Moses are unhelpful. Well, they they didn't have titles. Initially. I know. Which, so well, no, just, the titles were the first words. So the first words of De- De- the title for Deuteronomy was, "These are the words." Oh yes, these are the words of who? Of who? Of where? Of yeah. why? I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's answer that question. These are the words of, of Moses. Moses. Yeah. Moses. So let's let's kind of set the let's kind of yeah. set the framework. This is going to be our introduction to the book of Deuteronomy, yeah. and the hopes is we kind of capture the essence of Deuteronomy chapter one through three. Yeah. Uh, well, at, at, in, the same time. at the same time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let, I want to I want to kind of set up Deuteronomy in two, maybe three ways. Okay. The one that I'm thinking right now is kind of canonically. Okay. So like if if you know the canon of in the canon of Scripture, which so far. All we have is the Torah, Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And this is a self-contained unit. There is like literary attestation to this. There is historical attestation to this. This is a literary unit. It's a, it's a more than likely Moses was the author of the majority of this. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this to be thought of as one book, right? One piece of literature. Yes. And so what we, what we've kind of looked at here is, is that this fifth book seems to be like Moses's reflection on the rest of the Torah. He's looking back at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and he's kind of giving... He's not going to get to go to the promised land. 
He's, he's not, not going to get to be with his people anymore. This is his last speech. And so this is him looking at what God has done in the past, what he's promised for the future, where they are in the present, and trying to like be pastoral <laughs> in yeah, this moment. It, the really simple way to look at it, in verse 5, when you start reading it, it says, Moses undertook to explain this law or this, this Torah, Torah, which these teachings. Yeah. Like the purpose of the book of Deuteronomy is to explain, to expound upon, and to make clear centuries of history. Yes. From creation yep. to the border of Canaan, Moses is trying to make clear for the new generation, this is what God has been up to, and this is what you need to take into with you into the new land. Yeah, and that's really helpful for me, I think, because you, you kind of see that unfold throughout Deuteronomy. You know, we have the the borders of um, the, the promised land talked about again with the rivers, which should take yeah. us all the way back to Genesis one. We have the promise made to Abraham, Mo, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob talked about in verse eight of chapter one. Uh, then we kind of walk through this history of the people's travel from slavery through the wilderness to Mount Sinai. And then now to the border of the Can- border of Canaan, and Moses what happened? Repeats Israel's yes. history. Yeah, it's, it's just, and then and then he's gonna then he's gonna go back into the Torah a bit, and he's gonna unpack the Ten Commandments, and he's gonna unpack some of the sacrificial codes, and like we're gonna literally walk back through and get a pastoral commentary. He's he's basically expositionally preaching the Torah right. yeah. to the people, and so do you think yeah. he did this at like one time? I don't know. It's like one. I've heard. I've heard. Point point all, I, I, I've, <laughs> I've read several opinions on this, and. What what a lot of people talk about is is that this probably transpired in a day, like. I mean, you could read Deuteronomy. Oh yeah, in, in what an hour? Yeah, in like a sitting. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's like a long sermon, right? You know, it's not crazy to think that this all happened at once. I mean, but it's also not out of the question that he like, okay, we're going in next week. And then every day he's educating the people. Like right. this is a collection of multiple sermons. I could also see him like I could also see him. Um, I can see this kind of going one of two ways that he wrote this sermon down. Okay. You know, cause there was that time when God he also took... at this point would have written the rest of the Torah. Yep. So he would have already written Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus numbers. numbers. So he would have recorded God's actions. Yep. And as like, okay, I've attacked the history of my people from one perspective as a historian, yeah. as a theologian, as a theologian, but now I want to treat it as a pastor to my people, yeah, definitely. as a shepherd, as yes. an elder of my, uh, as yeah. a, a So we just don't know if he spoke this kind of ex- inspired extemporaneously and then went and wrote it down. If there was a stenographer there writing everything right, down, right. if he wrote it down and then spoke it. I mean, Moses loved to write. He was commanded a couple times to write the stuff down. So it's not out. He was already writing the Torah. So it's kind of, at the end of the day, what you should take yeah. away is that th- this is Moses Moses. 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 Is, Moses is, <laughs> this is Moses's reflection, his explanation of everything that's gone on before. That's yes. the big. That's the yeah. big takeaway. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the canonical t- context I wanted to set a little bit, um, in terms of how it's put as the fifth book. Um, then I want to I want to zoom into the s- kind of the setting. Okay. Of it, and then I want to look at the story of okay. the Torah. So those are the other two vantage points I want to so do. The as setting we set this up. is the they setting. are on in the Transjordan. Yep. So the land that Gad and Reuben were given before they went to the Promised Land, they're standing there in conquered yep. territory, about to enter in across the Jordan into the the potential New Eden. Yep. And before they go in, Moses is like, 
Let's let me talk. give a speech. So like the picture I always have in my head that's for me helps me grapple with Deuteronomy a little bit more is um, you have Israel just congregated on the banks of the Jordan. And like, it, this doesn't have right, to be right, what right. happened. This is just the picture I'm, right, I have in my right, head right. when I read Deuteronomy. And you have Israel just gathered on the banks of the Jordan. I mean, right on the other side of the water is Canaan. And like, yeah. that's the promised they land. The, that's where the, the battle starts. Jericho. Yeah, Jericho's right over there. Like, that's where we're going to go march around and everything like that. And Moses, you know, had to go up on this hill, this little mountain, mm-hmm. you know, to peer over into the promised land. So he, he kind of get the lay of the land. And that was as close as he got to the promised land. And I kind of picture him coming off that mountain mountain but not all the way off of it and it's from that elevated position that he speaks the book of deuteronomy over his people i like that yeah it's just like i know that's a definitely a hyperbolic way of viewing right the setting of deuteronomy but it's it's helpful for me have you ever wondered like how moses spoke to like two million people um yes but have you ever wondered how god manifests himself in a thick dark cloud on mount sinai in a thick dark cloud <laughs> <In a thing. laughs> it was a black there's a lot of things that have happened in the torah so far that somehow <laughs> amplifying a person's voice before microphones existed doesn't seem to be that big well, of a stretch i was also imagining like there was like hundreds of people who were just ample like human amplifiers and so moses would say something and he, then... he said remember the covenant <laughs> Remember the, Remember, Remember the covenant. Remember the covenant. It's like echoes like through the whole congregation. That's that was also a picture in my mind of how this was working out. I like my pictures better. <laughs> just, just a supernatural amplification yes. of this sermon. Yes. Yes. And there's okay, but to back up, okay, to answer that question a little bit more historically accurately, it would not be far stretched for him to have talked to the tribal leaders. Uh, and a yeah. smaller yes. gathering. Okay, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like he's he often gathers the leaders and the elders of Israel to give them rules and commands that then they go spread to their people. That's their job. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. was dealt with back in Exodus 18. It's actually the first thing that Moses mentions in his retelling of Israel's history. It's like, remember when I appointed 70 elders for yep. all of you guys? Yep. That's the first thing he mentions. Yeah. So it might have just been the <laughs> yeah, 70 yeah. right there, which would <laughs> which, help with some of this, makes sense. these historical questions. Okay. And so, okay. So that's, we, we've kind of gone, what's happening in the fifth book. So literarily Moses is commenting on the other four. Uh, what's the setting of Deuteronomy? He's giving a speech at the border of the Jordan River before the people enter into the new land. And then, like, give me, I'm just going to, I'm going to set you okay. for a task here. Just give me the briefest version of the Torah okay. to this point. Like, what's the story that's happened the that st- got us here? The story is that Adam and Eve had the choice before them between life and death, and they chose death. And the people of Israel are now on the border of Eden, a new potential new Eden, and they're being offered the same choice. So at the very end of Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 30, chapter chapter 30, verse 15, Moses says to the people, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking his ways, by keeping his commandments and the statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, just like the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And the Lord God will bless you, just like the Garden of Eden. And you will enter, uh, and you will, are entering in to take possession of it. Mm-hmm. I said before you the same choice that Adam and Eve had. And what's fascinating, if you look back to the very first chapter in uh, chapter 39, he says... The very first verse in chapter 39? Uh, sorry, chapter 1, verse Chapter 39. 1, verse... Okay, I got it. As for you little ones, he calls the, the new generation little ones, 
who you said would become a prey and your children who today have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall go in there. So he's referring to the older generation when they said that our children don't know good or evil and yet they won't go, they'll be the ones that go in there. So what does that remind you of? Knowing good and evil. It should remind you of the Garden of Eden. God is like, yeah, no, I, man, I'm like, I remember reading this for the first time and I thought he was talking about kids and innocence, right? Right. But he's clearly talking about the younger generation. Yes. And as for you little ones, well, which little ones is he talking about who you said would become prey? So who are the ones that were said that they would become prey? He's going back to numbers 13. Yes. Whenever they said, if we go into Canaan, all our kids are going to die. That's right. He's talking about the younger generation that has now grown up. Now we have like, like adults, so, basically, like Finhas, Phineas. But yeah. he's still describing them as people who do not, do not know good and evil. Which, good or evil. So he's picturing them yeah. like a nation of new Adams and new Eves on the border of the new promised land, flowing with milk and honey, with multiplication on the horizon. He says, choose good. Choose life. So it's kind of, okay, this is not geographically correct. But it, would this be a helpful, imaginative way to view this? Help, see if this is helpful or correct it. So kind of the exit door okay. <laughs> to the Garden of Eden for the first Adam and Eve was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes. They went out that door by taking of it and Eating choosing it. the wrong way. Choosing death. Choosing okay. death. The, now, now that same door is swinging on its hinge both ways, and it's becoming the entrance into the into that yes. same garden of eden yes by choosing life instead of death yes an, yeah okay. i think that's a helpful uh, a somewhat helpful way to yeah. look at it you i realize like, there's probably some complexities in there that aren't helpful but but at the end of the day the choice that is before all of us after the fall is between life and death and moses is telling the new generation therefore these are the two choices before you choose life enter into the new eden multiply be fruitful be blessed by God. Obey his commands and obey his laws. This should not be surprising for Christians because it is the same command Jesus gives to us as well. It's obey my commands. Trust me. And if you trust me, you will be given life. I wonder, life abundantly. Yeah, I wonder too, just I, I'm trying to be responsible here with this verse. Um, and, and I think this is what's bugging me, but I think there's a good answer to keep getting to your yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Because... He's telling the story uh, of Israel at, at this point, right? And so he, he, he talks about how um, everyone except Caleb and Joshua, right, want, wanted to leave and not yep. go into Canaan back in Numbers 13. And so uh, this is verse 36. Or no, let me do verse 37. Even with me, the Lord was angry on your account and said, you also shall not go in there. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. So he's kind of foreshadowing the book of Joshua. And as for the little ones who said, um, who you said would become prey and your children, uh, who today have no, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in there and to them I will give it and they shall possess it. But as for you, return, uh, turn and journey into the wilderness to the direction of the Red Sea. So he's taking us back 40 years ago. Okay. Okay, so he, this is something God had said to Moses that was previously unrecorded. Okay. That Moses is now re is now recording. And this is something God said. So, it, I mean, because knowing, knowing good and evil is a, a picture of Adam and Eve, but it's yeah. also a Hebrew way of talking about innocence and being young. 
Yes. And so um, what he, I think what's interesting here is the, the young generation at that point were the new Adam and the new Eve. They, they were the ones who had to choose life instead of death. And what we saw through numbers is they were doing it. Right. They were obeying instead of disobeying. They were changing the patterns of their parents. They were um, actually um, following God and having faith in ways that their ancestors didn't. And so it seems to be that the border of, of the promised land is is like the 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 pen, like the the penultimate or the final you know the culmination yeah. uh, the mega, the <laughs> tree mega. of knowledge, knowledge <laughs> yeah, of good yeah. they've been doing it in the wilderness right and now they've been brought to its final door yeah I'm just I'm trying to yeah, yeah. this was an this was a forty years old text so these pe- right. these people that he's talking about are now forty yeah they're not the people that yeah. the kids that were under twenty yeah could be at least. 59. 59, right. It could be at least 59. So, yeah. Yeah. And so they've been being good Adams and Eves <laughs> out right. in the wilderness. And, God, and Moses is saying, continue that pattern going forward. And what's yeah. fascinating too here is that also, again, like what's Moses doing? He's explaining the law, making it more clear, interpreting the law for mm. the new generation. And, and when it, you say law, I think it's I mean, really important Torah. that everyone knows we're talking about Torah. Torah, like the first, the first, the first, four, five, like because it's. I just think it's also really helpful when you're reading the Psalms. You're reading yeah. Psalm 119, or you know, you hear Jesus talk about the, the the law. Like he's not talking about only the Ten Commandments. Right, right, right. right, law, right. The law are the first five books of no, of Moses that include creation and and their deliverance out of slavery. I just think I just wanted to make that yeah. parenthetical. Sorry. So Moses explaining, making clear the law, and listen to this in Deuteronomy 131. And in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until the place you came, uh, uh, all the way that you went until you came to this place. Mm. So like, what is Moses doing there? He's using this intense, vivid, emotive metaphor to describe 40 years in the wilderness man that's like that's this is a pastoral move this is a a motive move this is a metaphorical move but what's he also making it sound like just like god the father set up adam and eve in this beautiful land of plenty he said choose life god the father has brought them through the wilderness God brought Adam and Eve through the tohu vavohu and the craziness yeah. of like the empty space of the world. God has brought them again through the wilderness to the borders of this new Eden. And he's saying, choose life once again. Wow. Yeah. And what a, oh, what a picture. I'm just like, I'm thinking about how confused and agitated and like impatient must these people have been after 40 years in the wilderness, paying for their parents' sin, having to choose good when all they chose is bad, and they finally get here, and what do they What do they hear? It's that God himself has gone before you and he fought for you, and he has been carrying you like a dad carries his baby all the way 40 years through the wilderness just to plop you right here at the banks of the Jordan. Like, he, And he's brought you to this place. Like... I'm just like, yeah. you want to talk about being pastoral? He's also being extremely theological that God is working through suffering and wandering and questioning. He's adopted you as a son. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much. Ha- I love this this passage. There's uh, uh, um, David Belushi. Have you listened to his album? No. 
Oh my gosh. It's called Labyrinth. Here's a plug. Free plug, David. If you ever <laughs> listen to this, I love your stuff. He's got this album called, called Labyrinth that just quotes scripture. And this is one of the lines he quotes, uh, and it's just beautiful. So I love this passage. So anyway, um, so anyway, yeah. so what are we? So what is the book of Deuteronomy? Yeah. So the book of Deuteronomy is Moses' pastoral. It's his. It's his sermon reflecting on the entire Torah for a new generation. He's reframing their existence, their identity, not as like desert Bedouins, yeah, yeah, but yeah. as sons of God who have been carried, who've been carried, pers- like persevered, and who are now entering into a new Eden as if they are new Adams and Eves. Yes. This is the picture that Moses is trying to give them. And at the same time he's doing that, he's also like has this other layer. So there's two layers going okay, on already. Okay. He's also adding another layer of wisdom. Like this is the mm. wise way in which you are living to live so think about it this way when adam and eve are in the garden and they chose to choose between good and evil mm-hmm. the knowledge of good and evil yep. it's actually a question about wisdom total, total wisdom text what yes. is true wisdom listening to the voice of god yes or listening to the verse of the serpent yeah proverbs will say it's listening to the voice of god <laughs> like, <laughs> side with proverbs in this question <laughs> and here again it's not just that israel's choosing evil that if they rebel against a God who's carried them through the wilderness, who's defeated enemies on their behalf, it's not just evil, it's just dumb. <laughs> like they're just being, being unwise. They're just being unwise. So much so that in Deuteronomy 4, uh, in the in Deuteronomy 4 6, he'll actually call the Torah wisdom. He'll say, right. Deuteronomy 4 6, he says, Keep them, keep them and do yeah. them. For that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people. And he goes on to say in that same passage, who when they hear all these statutes, all these laws, all this all this Torah, they will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Mm. So Moses is also saying at the same time, this is a story, you are the new Adam and the new Eve. You are also living the wise and good life that when you live it, the nations will recognize it. And come to follow Yahweh. Wow. It sounds a lot like they will see your good deeds and glorify <laughs> your father in heaven. It's weird. It sounds Jesus, a, Jesus sounds a lot like the Torah. <laughs> it's so weird. Yes. Okay. Let me, can I repeat back something to you? And yeah. then I think come to a question that I'm wrestling with. Okay. Okay. So Deuteronomy is the speech of Moses reflecting on the Torah. And um, he, he's, he's begging people to choose life, to choose life uh, because they are new Adams and new Eves. And the way they choose life is by listening to the wisdom of God, right? Listening to his commands and his statutes instead of doing what their parents did, which was listening to the serpent. Yeah. And they or were, another way to say it is they should fear God and love their neighbor. And they didn't, their old, yes. <laughs> old generation didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and so by obeying and listening to God, they will um, enter into the new Eden by having faith that he will bring them in there and they will stay in there and live a set apart bright life that will radiate out to the nations. And like that is God's plan for restoring the world. Yes. That Eden will continue to go out by people living wisely under his commands. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if my question has any merit Okay. at all or if it's just like 
I have like my my legalism radar is way too sensitive. Got it. I, I need to repent of that. Define a legalism. Is it like I don't know. It's just any time that I'm I think a works based righteousness is being laid out. <laughs> right. Because I because what it sounds what you're saying is what it sounds like is that if we're just wise enough, yes, I'll be saved. The world will be safe and everything will be fine and I don't need Jesus. Yeah. 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 And like I I think even I, and I think even the law itself was never meant to be a workspace righteousness. No. It was always meant to be a way that people were living in relationship with God. I mean, the basis of the Ten Commandments, so right? I saved you. I, I saved you already yeah. <laughs> from Egypt. Right. And so it was It was meritless salvation. I mean, even here, I bore you as a child, yeah, a father. I'm the one who's been carrying you. You want to know I've, why? I've brought yeah. you already to the, the border of Eden. Like, you have did not earn that. Yeah, you want to know why Phineas was faithful when Aaron wasn't me because I'm carrying him like I'm doing this work. So So what's your question? My question is that like, maybe it's not a question. Maybe it's just a statement I want to have made. And and that, and that (laughs) is, and that is like, I, I feel like for so long I had a misunderstanding of the law. Okay. Okay. And so the law as the 10 commandments, the law as the Torah. No, like like the law, whenever we think about it as Christians today. Okay. So like when we think about the law, we think about legalism and that it's like, if I, if Israel obeys all the 10 commandments perfectly, they would be the new Adam and Eve and spread, you know, yeah, but they didn't. And so they needed Jesus to come and obey the 10 commandments for them. Right. Right. Which is like part of the gospel, but not, there's like some nuance in there that breaks if you actually extrapolate the logic out. Because if you, this is what happens. If you extrapolate the logic out, what it says is that the new Eden is going to be built by people who are obey like who are obeying? That doesn't sound as bad as I think it is now. <laughs> what am I wrestling with here? I don't know. I mean, I'm str- I'm trying to like read between the lines. Are you saying like, well, I think part of the issue is like wisdom. Yeah, isn't salvation. So to live a wise life, uh-huh. yep. does not bring about the ultimate Eden, mm-hmm. but it does bring about a lot of good. Yeah, and the Cause, wisdom because wisdom is living in harmony with the way God has built the world. That's exactly right. Yeah. So like that, there will be a lot of good and a lot of a lot of evangelism. A lot of great things will happen because wisdom is being lived out. But that doesn't necessarily mean everything will go right. Yeah. Because even if Israel was completely wise, yeah, cho- and chose life, there's still an issue of death. Even if Israel lived the wisest life, made no mistakes in the land of Egypt, never committed idolatry. What's the underlying problem still yeah. is that sin and death have entered into the world. Mm-hmm. So we talk about like this this new land of this Canaan is a new land, new Eden, and that's true. But there's an underlying problem throughout it. Like we keep trying to like amp up the hopefulness because we want our listeners and we want ourselves to be like get in the mind of the people of Israel. Like this could be it. Right. But even if they got there, yes. Even if they did it all perfectly. Did it all perfectly. There's this underlying issue that everybody dies. Yes. You get to about 100 years old and you die. And eventually somebody somewhere makes a mistake because you have an entire sacrificial system where you always have to be atoning for the things that you've done wrong. And not even for the things you do wrong. You have to make atonement for the fact that you live in a fallen world. Yes. Like your body just has blood that comes out of it every now and then. Right. And like sometimes you get like a rash on your forearm 
and or that you has cut to be atoned yourself for. working yeah and like yeah yeah and it's like that has to be atoned for because we live in a fallen world so there is still this pervasive sin that is in the world that is just causing decay and death is still king and it's still ruling in a way so what you're wrestling yeah. with then is that the way that we're talking about it sounds like we're overselling the law as if we obeyed the law and were wise everything would work out right in one sense that is true okay if we did obey the law yeah if everyone followed the law and did what god commanded the world would be a far better place i think that maybe that's what i'm wrestling with is is the promise of cuz i know there's there's jewish scholars mm-hmm. that talked about the torah as the new tree of the knowledge of good and evil because you know which is kind yeah, of what yeah, he talks yeah, about yeah, it yeah. here and so i think what i'm wondering here is is there a parallel then if the torah is the knowledge of good and evil was there a promise when god said i set before you life and death blessing and curse now choose life was he also then setting before them a hypothetical tree of life again like there was in the garden of eden and oh. saying if you obey the torah then you can come and eat of the tree of life which was the promise to adam and eve right right if they did not eat of the tree of knowledge they would have stayed in proximity to the tree of life no i think maybe okay. maybe that metaphor you set up before was unhelpful I think probably the better way to think about it is like I said before you life in death. I said before you the blessing opportunity, and blessing and curse, but and also evil. the being part of the seed of the serpent or the seed of Eve. Yeah. So if you choose to be part of the seed of Eve, you will be included in a line of people leading to Christ. Mm. But if you choose to be a part of the seed of the serpent, you will die soon. Yeah. You'll experience and you'll be exiled is a big promise that comes later in Deuteronomy, which is a sign of being rejected. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 wrap a bow on this. Like what's okay. so like what's sure. so what's the so Deuteronomy is Moses' reflection and tr- attempted clarification on the the centuries of history that have passed for Israel. Mm-hmm. It's saying to the new generation on the border of Canaan. You guys are like new Adams and new Eves on the border of a new Eden. Don't be like Adam and Eve who chose death. Right. Instead, choose life. Right. Because, uh, and I think like this comes right after the passage you read in Deuteronomy 4, if you continue to teach life to your children and their children's children and their children's children's children, then generations after you, life will continue. And because he's like, remember, there was this promise made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and like he's pulling us back to Eden with all this language. And so I think we are meant to see that this life is not necessarily meant to be some kind of um, maybe like 15th century or let's just be modern, 21st century view of eternal life in Christ. They were just thinking like, oh, a good life. Yes. Right? And a, and a life in God's blessing and a life in the land and a life where have children and they're not stillborn and they are favored by God and they lead to more children that eventually one day there will be someone to finally deal with this underlying death problem. Right. Who will crush the head of death forever. And I mean, it's not we're not reading that into this story because Moses himself throughout the, to- the book of Deuteronomy will say... You will try to obey this law, yes, but you will not be able to. So this is a this is a so, huge thing in Deuteronomy. So we're like we're hinting at it. We're like we're like dancing we're around kind of dancing around this tension. But like Moses actually names this and yes. says like you could be the new Eden, yes. but actually this is helpful. 
<laughs> I think this is helpful. Let's okay. We've both been kind of not trying to talk about some of yeah. the meat of Deuteronomy because we know we're going to address it in future episodes. But I think this in this tension of well, can we pull off our own salvation or not? Right. Can I, can I get to the tree of life by myself or not? It seems like I can. Right. But like we're going to come across in Deuteronomy real soon. I mean, that's what they were supposed to feel. Yeah. You're totally. supposed to feel in the first few chapters. Okay, we can do this. Yeah. Until Moses. In devastating clarity, what verse is that? Oh, dude, it's all throughout. Like we'll come, we'll come across it. But like over and over and over again, Moses is going to show that he knows that they will not obey. They will break God's law. They will build false idols, and then they will be exiled from the land. They will choose evil over good. They will get cursed over a blessing, and they will die instead of have life. And that's because the underlying problem of sin. Yes. And it's not been dealt with Death and it can't be dealt, with, be dealt with right and it, it can't be dealt with through our own obedience if it right. could be then a people group who has been carried like a baby by Yahweh who has seen him appear on a mountain who has experienced miracle after miracle of his sovereign involvement in their community who has been like brought miraculously to this land who will then experience a conquest of a land unprecedented in military history like that would be the people who would finally be able to have seen enough of God's glory and have the, the faith necessary to obey, but they don't. Yes. Like if anyone could have perfectly obeyed the Torah, it was this generation. Like yes. that's what we should feel. They're the new generation. Right. They're the new Adam and Eve. The, they're not acting like yeah. their parents. They're going to do it. And in yeah. Joshua, oh, it's, it's starting. They're walking around Jericho and the, it's falls. Oh my gosh, it's happening. Yeah. And then they like, they I mean, get to judges and it's like the worst, <laughs> you know what I mean? And sure. it's like, okay, so it's not us that are going to bring it about. And I think that hmm. Deuteronomy, as it closes the Torah, it just throws us forward in desperate hope to one who Moses will talk about. I believe it's in chapter 18 when he talks about there will be another prophet like me. And we know he's not talking about Joshua there. We'll talk about that when we get to the episode. Yeah, yeah another prophet like me who's going to do be bigger and better things than I, I'm going to do. And like what Deuteronomy ends up doing is it ends up thrusting our hopes into the future of who is going to be this new Moses right. who is actually going to bring us into the promised land once and for all, who's going to bring us into a place of life, but without the underlying problem of death. And maybe you get a hint of that in Deuteronomy 1 through 3 because he says, because... So we've talked about how God carries a carries Israel like a, a, a father holding yeah. his kid, his kid. But in Deuteronomy two and Deuteronomy three, it recounts all these battles that Israel won throughout the book of Numbers against Egypt, whatever else. And what's fascinating is that Moses, when as he's reflecting on these victories that he's had, kind of changes the narrative a little bit to match what we're saying right here. Mm -hmm. Before in the book of Numbers, when they defeated Og, when they defeated Sihon, they defeat, uh, and the, particularly those two, those two yep. are mentioned. Yep. It's really based on Israel's faithfulness. Right. They were faithful. They believed that they God believed, would give them the victory. And they, they earned it. Right. But here in Deuteronomy, Moses says, and God gave him into your hand. Right. God will give you him into your hand. God will give you the land into your right. hand. So yep. there's this sense that Moses knows that if the new Eden's going to come, it will be by God's hand. 
So mm. even though there's this hope and there's this expectation, choose life yeah. so that you might enter into the new Eden, there's also this understanding that God must give you that new life. Okay, let me repeat back what you said because you're okay. making a really awesome point. <laughs> okay, so you're saying we, we looked at, remember when Israel was just walking around the wilderness and it looked horrible and they're suffering and they're like, what is going on? Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy, Moses pulls back the veil and shows us the spiritual reality right behind the physical situation. Yeah. And we get to see, oh, it was like God was carrying you like a daddy carrying his baby. That's yeah. what's happening. Okay, let's you look at another situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's look at another situation. Let's look at the battles that you've won recently, right? There was this one time you were like, we want to go take that army and God let you. And so you believed in faith that he would give you, he would give those people over to you. You went, you won the battle. You're like, yes, let's pull back the, the curtain. What do we see? It was actually God sovereignly working and handing this preordained people over to you. This was all of God's working, not based on what you were doing. So it's, it's not your wilderness wanderings. It's not your, your, your victory in battle or even your faith. Okay. Let's look at an, at another situation now at, at, in like a might, a Mac, a, what am I trying to macro? say? Macro level. We've looked at some micro levels. Let's look at the macro level. All of Deuteronomy is saying, believe, trust, obey. And let's pull the curtain back and say, you can't perfectly mm, right. but god will perfectly do it for you just as he carried you through the wilderness just as he defeated the enemies for you and it doesn't yeah it doesn't, he doesn't el- say that he will do it for you he says there will be another prophet right yeah so like there's a sense so like the hope is not in the hope at this point is like there will be a prophet who will do this for you yeah there will be somebody like me who can lead you yeah. properly yes who can lead you into wisdom who can lead you into obedience and who can not just like me avoid death for a time, but solve the problem of death and mm. solve the problem of sin yeah. so that the new Eden can come. Yeah. Okay. So why, why should we be excited for people to be reading Deuteronomy, Seth? What are some thoughts that you have about that? Well, I'm springing this question, springing on Seth this question out on of me. nowhere. I mean, what, I think we've said this a couple of times already, but like one of the most helpful things I've done as a Christian is be a part of this podcast and like spend hours working through the Torah. Like I understand my new Testament better. So much better because I've spent many hours in the Torah. So for no other reason (laughs) you will benefit from from the book of Deuteronomy because it was going to help you understand the words of Jesus better it's going to help you understand the words of Paul better. It's going to help you understand how we as New Testament believers, thousands of years removed from this, are actually are, are supposed to live. Because God's movement in the earth did not start with Jesus. It actually started thousands of years before. Yeah. God's been working since the creation of the world. And sometimes we as Christians want to like short circuit that and say, yes. Oh, he started the day I was born, or he started the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah, like we, or like, or when he was born. He or st- when he yeah. was born. Yeah, yeah. God's plan started on Christmas. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like we live that way sometimes, yes. but to actually inhabit the space of Deuteronomy is like, mm. oh no no no, Genesis one to eleven is about the proto history of the world. Yeah. From the first Adam to the first family, God makes a promise to. There are centuries, mm. and between that family and Israel going to the promised land, there are centuries. And from the beginning of time, God has been trying and working his way to save a people, 
has been the point of his of his creation of the world. Yeah. So the reason why you should be excited about Deuteronomy is because you're actually getting a glimpse into God's plan to save a people from the beginning of time. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant answer. <laughs> uh, I couldn't agree more. And I and I really think that Deuteronomy one to, one one to four even would really agree with you as well, because what is it doing? It is showing the younger generation that their story is part of a much bigger story, that God's faithfulness in their future is rooted in God's faithfulness in their past. And, mm-hmm. and I just feel like for yeah. us today, I mean, this might be an inane connection. I hope it's not, but like... Insane connection? Inane. No, inane. <laughs> that like, because I don't connect with this, but I know a lot of people do, like with like the genealogy stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that's going around the DNA tests. And oh, yeah, where, yeah. where are you from? And for some reason, it just doesn't connect with me. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's not for me. But, I always assume that when I get like to be 45 years old, yeah. like it, like there will be like a gene that switches in me that actually makes me care about those things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, anyway, and so it's like, we want to know our story. We want to know where we come from. We want to know what larger narrative has been at play that we have been plopped into the middle of. Yeah. And, and what, what Moses is doing for the younger generation on the banks of the Jordan, Yahweh wants to do for you right now where you are in your home, in your apartment, like in your car. He wants to show you that you are in and embedded in this large, huge, like centuries long story, sovereignly orchestrated story that he's been working at yeah. for so long. And now you're, you're in the middle of it. And like you're on the banks of your own yes. Jordan, and like, like Moses is standing to you talking, and like, we just, you I just right want you to now, hear this history. You right now are another Adam or another Eve. Yeah, like you have the same choice before you. What's fascinating about the book of Deuteronomy as a whole is that he Moses only ever references other bits of the Torah. So like whenever he describes a historical event, it's always something that you've already read before. Yeah. And if it's not, he t- goes into great pains to describe exactly what happened. And the purpose of that is that people besides the eyewitnesses of those events uh-huh. would understand. Moses has written Deuteronomy for the contemporary reader in mind. He knew people would be reading the Torah as a whole mm hundreds of years later right so you might be saying i wasn't there so what this isn't for me it's only it is only for you <laughs> moses has written not just for the people of israel yeah. but for all people for all time because in a real sense you are being asked the same question adam and eve were asked life and death blessing and cursing do you want to enter into the life of god the mm-hmm. wisdom of god that will be a light to the world based on your good works. Do you want that? And if you do, choose life. Yeah. That's the same the same choice. And for us, that choice is ultimately manifested in Jesus. Like there's no other way we have we have the benefit of history on our side. Yeah, we do. Living on this side of the cross is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, like think about it. Like isn't it Peter that says like all the prophets from the Old Testament were like beating their heads against the wall, wishing they could see a glimpse of what we got to see fully in Jesus's ministry. The uh, first Peter says that the angels yeah. long to look into the gospel that yeah. we now have. And I know, and I know yeah. it's another passage. Then he also talks about the prophets. Like they long to see and like Abraham 
looked out and couldn't see. You know, like Hebrews talks about that. You know, and the reason like, why that's significant is because Jesus, unlike Moses, actually has the power to usher us into the new Eden. Yeah. And because he's not just faithful. Yeah. He actually rose from the dead. Mm. <laughs> like he lived a sinless life. So when you trust him, when you choose his life over your own life, you get resurrection life. Mm -hmm. You get sinless life forever yeah. applied to you. <laughs> That's the good news. He is the prophet that Moses was not. Yes. Because he was God, yeah. not man. That's so good. I, I like my brain is going a thousand different places <laughs> wanting to like pull threads out of Deuteronomy and make application to the gospel but i realized that's what the next several weeks will be doing yeah, and we, so, did, we did it already we got there i know but there's so <laughs> i'm really excited to dive into this book especially after this introduction so um man guys girls friends family acquaintances Persons, enemies aliens aliens listening out there in the stratosphere uh, the stratosphere that's way too close for aliens we would spot them <laughs> uh you heard about the dark forest oh no Never here we mind. go oh. <laughs> i like science oh, fiction wait have i told you about this no about how it's like the most insane thing in the world to be broadcasting our messages into space just we'll talk about it later okay <laughs> it's fine <laughs> go google it guys sorry seth just drops things like this sometimes <laughs> uh but getting back on the rails uh, I'll just say that like I'm I'm really excited to get into Deuteronomy. I hope you guys are too. This is this is your story. Like this is our story. This story is intricately interwoven with the gospel. Like what happens in the pages of Deuteronomy makes sense of what happened on the cross, in the in the healing ministry of Jesus, in the teaching ministry of Jesus, in in the missionary work of Paul. People say like, that Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is a version of the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. Like, yeah. like and, and when Jesus um, is tempted in the wilderness, what book does he exclusively quote back to Satan? The book of Deuteronomy. Like, this is Jesus' favorite book of the Bible. I, I can't say that, but you know. It might be the Psalms. It might be the Psalms. You're the right. The Psalms. Yeah, he quotes that a ton. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. But thank you guys for listening. This has been fun. I really like this. Fun. I'm excited to dive in. Please rate us on, on iTunes. <laughs> Like yes. that would be really helpful, it not just to us, but yeah. also to other people. It helps people discover us. We actually think what we're producing is valuable because we want people to see Jesus in all scripture. Yeah. So if you do too, find it. Uh, we now have um, devotionals that are going out uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday via our second podcast via. called Jesus in All of the Bible. I should subscribe to that. You should. Rate it five stars. Rate it, rate I it should five rate stars. it five stars. You should. So Would Jesus all the first? Bible, those are short four to five minute um, devotionals on every pericope of scripture. So we invite you to go check that out um, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash spoken gospel. You can get video versions of them. You can also watch all of our introductions to the books of the Torah. Uh, that can be very helpful. And then now as of today, not whenever this will be re released here in like seven, six days, but as of today, Friday, the 27th, uh, the version app. On yes. The Bible app on your phone, um, on the they have this little compass on the top left corner, and at least in the book of Genesis right now, anywhere in the book of Genesis, if you click that little compass in the top the left corner, video is gonna the be first video is uh, gospel content. Yeah, me expositing the text mm -hmm. and showing how it's about Jesus. David is doing all the Torah. Is that right? I've just written all the Torah, but we're actually going to have some friends of ours come and 
present it too. Awesome. We want to provide a bunch of different voices for that. So yeah, I've been working on the Gospels and yep. on Proverbs and on Daniel. Daniel. So yep. super excited about you guys listening. A lot to more that. content to come. Yep. So we thank you guys. We're excited going to Deuteronomy. So we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit dedicated to creating free, gospel-centered media that speaks the gospel out of every corner of Scripture. So to join us in our mission and view our resources, we invite you to visit SpokenGospel.com. Spoken Gospel.